Welcome to the Breaking 50% Podcast, where we bring you a few minutes of NFL gambling news because you care about gambling, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. Trash cover of the week. Eagles plus six and a half over the Ravens. When million-dollar athletes make stupid mistakes, we respond with both anger and surprise. How could someone who is a professional athlete, who has devoted his entire life to throwing the football, still make terrible mistakes equivalent to mistakes that a middle school quarterback would make? But this really shouldn't be a surprise. Whether you make a million dollars or $40,000 a year, you are still a human and thus will be victim to human frailties from time to time. Joe Flacco, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback, simply seems to fall victim to these frailties more so than other $100 million quarterbacks. The Ravens were up 27-17 with just over six minutes to go in the game. Flacco had just completed a long pass that got the Ravens to first and 10 from the Eagles' 11-yard line. And then he delivered an unconscionable throw. No pressure, steps up, and throws the ball directly to a defender. This was not a case where the linebacker was crouched down or the linebacker was maybe out of his view. The linebacker was just standing in front of his receiver, and he threw it right to him. And that would start a chain of events that would lead to an Eagles cover, which was a field goal on that drive. So it's 27-20, six and a half is still covering. Eagles get the ball back at the end of the game. They're at the 40-yard line with 30 seconds to play. Wentz completes a pass. It was an awful throw. His tight end, I mean, it was blown coverage. Zach Ertz is open by 10 yards on both sides. Wentz almost throws the ball out of bounds. Ertz with some nice footwork. The drive continues to the point where they're inside the five with under 10 seconds to go. And Wentz runs in for the score and the cover. The trash cover. Least favorite comment of the week. Just get an insurance policy. There is an interesting debate going on right now about college athletes sitting out bowl games. And I do mean interesting because there are solid arguments on both sides. I get the argument that you signed a scholarship before the season. You don't sign a four or five year scholarship. It has to be renewed each season. And you are committing yourself to that team, to that school. You are being compensated for it. Even if you say that this compensation is unfair, you agreed that you would do your part on the field and in the classroom, and you'd be compensated with a year of education. And now you're going and putting your own desires, your own need to make money above that of the team and of your commitment. I tend to side with the other side of this interesting argument even more, given that I am against just about anything that limits freedom. And that is exactly what the NCAA and the NFL have combined to do with the age rule. Simply, we don't need to pay athletes. All you have to do is let them go pro once they become adults. 18 years old. Oh, he his career might not work out. Okay. 
Like, we don't stop someone from becoming a programmer at 18 because, oh, it might not work out. And then on top of that, allow these athletes to be compensated in the same way as every other student on campus is compensated. If that programmer wants to wear around a Google t-shirt because Google's going to give a million dollars, so be it. The universities don't even have to pay. Nike will pay the athletes. Subway will pay the athletes. We can then move forward from there if we need additional compensation, but just allow free enterprise and free decision-making for adults to happen. So if college athletes sitting out bowl games is what finally shifts the power enough that we're forced to, and by we, I mean universities in the NFL, are forced to reconsider its rules on limiting freedom, yeah, I'm going to say that that's a pretty good thing. But you know what's not a good argument in all of this? Players should just get insurance policies, then they can play without fear of being injured. This shows a fundamental misunderstanding of insurance in that, one, insurance costs money. Leonard Fournette's $10 million policy it costs about $100,000 a year. The going rate for athlete insurance is anywhere from $8,000 to $10,000 per $1 million. So you're suggesting that these athletes who by and large come from impoverished backgrounds should be spending anywhere from $50,000 to $100,000 per year for premiums? And the second misunderstanding implicit in this commentary is that insurance is somehow a winning proposition for the athlete. Insurance allows you to reduce your risk, but it is not a winning investment. The insurance company with its team of actuaries is going to predict what the expected payout's going to be, and then they'll charge you a higher figure than that in premiums. So Leonard Fournette is paying $100,000 in premiums, let's say. That insurance company has said, after running all the numbers, the expected payout is something less than $100,000. If that wasn't the case, they wouldn't write the insurance policy. Someone's got to lose in this transaction, and it isn't the insurance company. You may have achieved some peace of mind, but don't kid yourself in thinking this is a great investment. If you took all of your investments and put it into buying insurance policies, you would go bankrupt. And even when insurance does pay out, this is still a loss for athletes as exhibited by Jalen Smith of Notre Dame, who last year was expected to be a top five pick in the draft. He injured himself in the bowl game, but he had insurance. And yet his draft stock fell. He went from making about $20 million in guaranteed money to $4.42 million in guaranteed money. But he had insurance. Let's see how much that insurance actually paid out. 
Now, keep in mind, this was a $5 million insurance policy. So as we talked about before with coaching contracts and player contracts, that number that you see in the newspaper is not often the number that someone actually receives. The same is true here with insurance. He had a $5 million policy. He got about $800,000 from it. How did that work? Well, the way the policy worked is that he would get $700,000 if he became the top pick in the second round of the draft, and then he would gain an additional $100,000 per spot he fell. He was picked 34th overall, the second pick of the second round, so about $800,000. Though, do remember that he did have to pay about $50,000 in premiums to get that policy in the first place. College athletes not playing in bowl games. An interesting discussion, one that I expect will continue in years to come as more players take this path. And as this path extends outside of bowl games and becomes something more normal in the regular season, once a team is out of contention. College athletes buying insurance policies. Not an interesting discussion, mostly because the people who are talking about it have no idea what insurance is and how it actually operates. Reminder of the week. There are only 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL. There are some coaches who are so coveted and so content with their current position in life, be that as a college coach or as an announcer, that they would only take an NFL head coaching job if it was extremely desirable. The young assets were fantastic. The quarterback was fantastic. But for everyone else, which constitutes the overwhelming majority of people who are trying to be NFL head coaches, yeah, it'd be nice if you went to a team that had some cool assets. But a lack of assets wouldn't stop you from going to a team. Because after all, there are only 32 head coaching jobs in the entire NFL. And if you want to be a head coach, you take whatever opportunity you can get. And let's say that you're not the biggest fan of Jared Goff. Are you going to just stay an assistant instead of being a head coach? Of course not. The only thing you might do is ask for an extra million dollars. So keep having those conversations about which jobs are most desirable. This is simply a reminder that just because a job ranks low on that list doesn't mean that it can't be filled by a great coach.